Welcome to the Ethical Growth Marketing Podcast, brought to you by growthanimals.com. Here we are, the next Ethical Growth Marketing Podcast, and I'm here with Greg Fruchtenicht. Have I pronounced that right? Pretty good. Excellent. Yeah, pretty good. You get some interesting ones, so I've heard some interesting <laughs> ones throughout my life, so yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> and no practicing as well, we can assure you. Yeah, not bad, eh? Not bad. First time, yeah. So, <laughs> so Greg is the co-founder of Nights on Us, that fantastic initiative that started up during COVID. And so I've invited Greg on to tell us a bit more about it, kind of how it started, what it's all about, um, what he learned from his experiences on it. So, yeah, Greg, do you want to tell us how it all came to fruition? Sure. Yeah. First of all, thanks for having me. It's great to, yeah, great to be a part of it. Um, so Nights on Us, yeah. There's a, just a bit of a recap on, on what, what the initiative was. Effectively, it was a, a kind of concerted effort um, of the hospitality sector throughout the UK to offer free hotel stays for ICU nurses up and down the UK as a basically just a bit of a thank you and a bit of a kind of respite from yeah, having to work on those ICU wards, which we all saw and heard about were pretty intense. Um, so, yeah, it was... An initiative that was co-founded by myself and three other friends. Um, we basically all had background in, in the travel industry, working with kind of experiential travel companies who were real experts at adding value to people, not just through kind of taking them on a, on a regular holiday, but giving them a, a real kind of worldly experience that benefited themselves in more than just having a break from work or what have you. Um, when COVID hit, we were also working in the travel industry. A few of us were furloughed, some lost jobs. Um, and it meant that, yeah, we kind of all had to scarper from London, move back in with parents, which is interesting in itself. Um, and basically didn't have a whole lot to do because our careers were put on hold. So we were catching up regularly, kind of us four friends and talking a lot about what, what was going on in business at the time to help, um, you know, help the NHS and help kind of COVID sufferers. Um, and we were all quite keen to help out in, in a way that would integrate our kind of, you know, industry knowledge and um, kind of expertise without having just kind of going into maybe trying to volunteer, becoming a driver for the NHS or, or something like that, as a lot of people were. Mm. We were, wanted to help, but we wanted to use our experience, basically. Um, and we were, as everyone was in the UK, kind of going to the front door at eight o'clock on a Thursday night, I think it was, and clapping for the carers. Um, and, and as much of a kind of great initiative as that was, we always thought, well, actually, we felt a bit redundant just doing that because actually, mm. you know, there's so much more that people could be doing. And some people were, some brands were, some great kind of companies were, and, and other, people's were, other people weren't. So we basically just had a bit of a brainstorm and thought, well, how can we, how can we work on something that kind of really adds value and, and does help out? And, yeah, the idea was born to basically try to just give them a bit, a bit of a break and just say a massive thank you from, from one industry to another. So that being kind of, yeah, the hospitality industry as a whole, who obviously were going through a tough time as it was anyway, um, just to the, to the entire, entirety of the NHS. So that was kind of the premise of everything, yeah. That's fantastic. And as I think I mentioned to you when we last spoke, in my former guise before we started the growth animals i became aware of your initiative because uh we were one of the hotels that were asked to take part and now thinking back to how long ago that feels um you guys must have really worked fast to get this initiative up and running in, in the space that you did 
Yeah, it was. It, it did all happen quite quickly, really. And it, as all of these ideas come out, you know, they, they start with kind of very big goals. And our goal was okay, we want to offer it's basically all of the ICU nurses in the UK. We want to give them two free nights at a you know, kind of four or five star hotel. Right. That idea was. You know, it was, it was a lofty dream, but we thought, you know, we might as well aim as high as possible to try and uh, achieve as much as we can. Um, and, and, yeah, really kind of thankfully there was four of us. I think four of us that each had a very different kind of skill and, and specialism. So I was kind of looking after the marketing of it. Um, Jake, one of the co-founders, was very much on the, on the phones to the hotels. He had a lot of contacts, and we all kind of did from working in travel. Um, and then James and Tom were both very much on the operational side of things. But really the reason that we were able to move so quickly on the initiative was purely just the, the kind of goodwill of so many so many people that we spoke to externally. Mm. Not just those hotels that were coming on board to kind of give these free nights, but also just some of the kind of wider partners that we worked with to help develop a website, to get help with PR and marketing from kind of an external point of view. Mm. It was it was pretty inspirational really to see, like I say, not just the hotels giving free nights, which in of itself is pretty kind of outrageously generous given that they were going through such difficult times but also just so much kind of pro bono work was offered to us which was which was like I say just so inspiring my background is in brand partnerships and kind of you know how to make the most of your business not just from a kind of branding and positioning points of view through partnerships but also through a kind of you know success and end goal points of view Mm. and without those partnerships we would have we would have been able to do something, but it would have been a lot more difficult. So, yeah, it was it was really, really kind of, we were thankful for all of the help that we were able to receive. Yeah, that's really good to hear, actually. And, and I, I can definitely um, relate to that. It, feel, it feels like if there's any good that came of that first period of lockdown, it was that sort of general sense of civic community and everyone just wanting to pitch in and help each other out, which... Um, mm. Yeah, it probably isn't quite there now in this sort of second or third round, but in that first round of lockdown, it was quite something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was almost it was almost a kind of paradox, wasn't it? That you know, kind of uh, safety in numbers or kind of you know, yeah, hand make light work. No one could actually be together and 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 work together as a team. Instead, we were all portioned off into our own offices, bedrooms, or whatever. But yeah. still, that sentiment of being able to gather people to kind of enforce a new sense of good and actually get the job done was it was remarkable like you say how quickly people moved and how quickly people were able to activate these plans that they had even though they were potentially you know hundreds of miles away I think yeah you know having worked in kind of a corporation where there was lots of meetings lots of face-to-face um kind of chats they're always great I always thought when I was working for the travel company that I worked for you got so much more done when you're able to go into a meeting room with someone and really hash something out. But actually, I think we're all becoming a bit more, um, we're becoming quite kind of efficient now, being able to do things like this and get problems solved without being mm. next to one another in a physical sense, which, like you say, is a, it's one of the benefits and kind of silver linings, if you like, which we've got to find at the moment where we can. So, yeah, it was it was remarkable to see that. And again, you know, remarkable just to have these people willing to have conversations with us. We were kind of, we had a a very big dream that we wanted to fulfill. Um, And, you know, 
getting that first hotel on board was really difficult because mm. as, as as things always are, people were like, okay, well, you know, who have you got so far? Mm. How many nights do you need to achieve? We told them 100,000, well, 100,000 uh, stays, which was 200,000 nights. People were like, you know, quite reticent to touch it because it was such a, <laughs> yeah, such a big dream. But thankfully things picked up. Um, some great work from kind of Jake and James who were, on the team, like I say, just just calling hotels left, right, and centre. Um, and yeah, if anybody is listening to this from a hotel that did join, then you know our heartfelt kind of thanks do still go out to you. And yeah, definitely on the Christmas card list for us this year. <laughs> <laughs> How many did you manage to secure in the end? So we got over seven thousand nights in the end, which awesome. again against that hundred thousand benchmark looks pretty low. But actually, when you when you put that in real terms, which we were only able to do once the nurses started traveling, that was that, that was when it kind of it made sense to us that actually you know, 7,000 compared to 100,000 wasn't many. But when you realize how much of an impact that made to the individuals, mm. you know, that 7,000 individual kind of nights of respite from, from the virus and from all of these kind of incredibly difficult times that people were going through. So it was, yeah, over 7,000, which in kind of monetary terms was over 1.3 million pounds worth of, of kind of hotel stays when it was all added wow. up. So again, that's completely down to the hotels that took part. It was just an inc- yeah, incredible gesture from everyone that's involved. And did you get much, um, I, I mean, I presume you did because I'd heard loads about it. Did you get much sense of how much coverage, PR coverage, that sort of thing you, you got for Nights on Us? Yeah. Um, yeah, again, thankfully we were we were kind of I wouldn't say lucky. I'd say more people just understood that it was an important an important message to be putting out there, and mm. we got a lot of coverage from um, well, we, we kind of partnered with the Telegraph on on kind of a, an official partnership with the press, so they were our kind of dedicated partner at launch. Um, they were really helpful in kind of yes, just disseminating that message of we have some hotels on board, but we need more. Um, and not only were they kind of putting the message out to the to the press, kind of or to the public via um, kind of online and written articles, they were also incredibly actually going out to hotels on our behalf and saying, you know, look, we're, we're working with these guys. They've got this mission. They've got this goal. Would you be able to help and give some room nights? And that really did hem, kind of yeah help help kind of bolster the numbers massively. Mm. Um, so the Telegraph were a huge partner of ours. We then also worked with. Um, kind of local news outlets as well because we thought that's quite a, you know, not everyone reads the Telegraph um, online, but so many people do get their, their kind of local newspaper delivered. And actually when there's stories coming out about local hospitals and things, that's when people start to really feel a part of it and they can actually, you know, stand together as this kind of united front. Um, so that was really helpful as well. And we also had some, yeah, just the, the partners now that I think about it were incredible. We worked with... Um, a company called Newsworks, who effectively are kind of kind of the governing body for how newspapers and news outlets in the UK um, market themselves and the kinds of advertising they put on there. They're a bit of a kind of a watchdog for um, yeah for how how they use advertising for good. Mm. Uh, and I can't remember, you might remember at the time there was all of these kind of great initiatives in the press. Basically, when all of the newspapers changed their Change their front page to um, echo the message of the government. So it was, you know, stay home, save, save lives, that kind of sentiment. Mm. Uh, 
it was Newsworks that were behind that initiative. So they really did have this kind of incredible speaker box to be able to talk to the press and get these messages out effectively. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, they were kind enough to actually um, work with us on some free advertising within, um, it was the Telegraph, the Sun, the Daily Mail, and a few other press titles, but effectively putting on these kind of banner ads online and also these printed kind of full page advertisements saying, you know, if you're a nurse, visit this website, you'll be able to redeem a free night. Yeah. If you're a hotel, go to the website where you can also pledge nights and you can become part of this conversation, which is, you know, uniting hotels across the country. Um, so, you know, partners like that were just just so beneficial. And again, it was, you know, it was, it was humbling to see people wanting to help so much because people still were busy, even though, you know, staff were furloughed and offices were closed down. I think everyone was in crisis mode. So for them to take mm. time out to chat to us and, and help, you know, spread that message. It was, yeah, it was really rewarding to see. Yeah, and I can imagine that that sort of message must have had such good cut through because of how relevant it was at the time. And I, if I think back, you know, as a marketeer, on one hand, I was super excited about messages like that that I was seeing coming through. And on the other hand, there was this almost disenchantment or the big brands doing their big adverts all starting with the same piano music and sort of mm. saying we're all in this together with rather vacuous um, phrases. It was quite a dichotomy of approaches almost, I, I felt. Did you, did you see that yeah. yourself? <laughs> Definitely. We we found that, you know, looking at, looking at brands that were doing good genuinely and had to kind of, you know, the interests of, of, of the NHS or, or whoever it might be at the heart of it, and then brands, like you say, that were almost COVID washing. Yeah. And you see that I think every industry is probably guilty of that. Um, kind of proud of the travel industry in a way that I think that they actually did quite well throughout because well, a lot of the kind of companies that I admire at least were, you know, aware of the fact that it just wasn't right to spread any kind of message that was still encouraging travel. And instead, it was trying to, um, you know, still have hopefulness in their messaging, still mm. say, look, trouble will come back, but now is not the time. And I think for, for brands and companies to talk in that way when the bottom line is still, you know, the most important thing at the end of the day, but actually to sacrifice that to spread the message of, you know, do, you know, do stay home, don't travel unless you actually absolutely have to. I think it was it was quite... I think the travel industry was quite responsible in that respect. You know, some industries weren't potentially, but then again, you know, it's a difficult one because, you know, even brands like Pret, you know, still giving 50% off to, to, to NHS workers and things like that. And the National, mm. National Trust, I always thought their messaging was great around still keeping those parks open, um, allowing people to go for free, but still, you know, asking people to enforce the rules. I think there's a lot of good that comes from that. I think you can get caught up in yeah in the technicalities of whether or not it is kind of you know you're talking about it just for talking about its sake or you actually have mm. the interest of the public and the NHS at heart um thankfully we were kind of our kind of mission was so born out of the virus that it was it was kind of easy for us to have that kind of you know ethical marketing at our core because everything that we were talking about it really was um you know the end goal was to thank the NHS so we mm. Enough not to get caught up in that. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, again, I, I guess the only the only kind of part of our of our marketing and our kind of our messaging around it was we were always saying two things that this was the Knights and Us initiative was kind of had two main goals. The first one always was and always would be to thank the NHS and to, yeah. to give them a break. The second one was self-serving for the hospitality industry in a way, but we still think in an ethical sense. So we were always speaking to hotels to say, look, it's, it is positive PR for you to come on board and work on this because, you know, you're not, you're not doing it. Um, you know, it's not COVID washing. You're not just offering two nights or three nights. Hotels generally were coming on and offering, you know, 50 plus nights for people they had never met, but who they knew were, you know, were going through a very difficult time. So I think mm-hmm. part of our kind of strategy almost to onboard hotels onto the initiative was to say, you know, you will, your moral conscience can be very well rested at night when you go to sleep because you are helping these individuals, mm-hmm. but also we do have partners like The Telegraph and like Newsworks and like The Guardian who are going to be telling the story. So you will get positive press from it. And we were quite happy that lots of our hotels did in the end. And and thankfully, that was kind of our thank you to them was to be able to get them in The Telegraph or in The Guardian to allow that brand awareness. Very small amount of brand awareness, but at least it was, you know, showing them for their true colours during such a difficult time. So, Mm. yeah, it was... um, it was quite fun actually getting our head around the messaging and things like that because it was it was all it was all very new to us. We've worked for you know we've never worked for a non-profit before, which obviously Nights on Us was. You know we weren't making any money from it, so um, I mean it's almost a lot easier to market that because you <laughs> say to someone, you speak to someone on the phone about the idea and they're like instantly interested. Whereas you know I was trying to do brand partnerships for a kind of luxury experiential travel company. People always think you're trying to get something from them when you're having yeah. this phone call. Whereas for this, we were trying to get something from them, but ultimately, it was for it was, you know it was a cause for good, not for a kind of business gain. So yeah, it was really it was an interesting learning curve for sure. Yeah, and I think my my hope would be that if there's a long lasting sort of uh, outcome of initiatives like yours, is that it is showing that model, especially for the hospitality industry. You know, like you say where adopting these sort of ethical practices they're they're the right thing to do they're something that you as an organization and your people in particular can really get behind but also crucially they're not to the detriment of your commercial success if anything they can help that commercial success so it all goes hand in hand and I don't know about you but I'm, I'm kind of ever the optimist, but I'm, I'm hoping that this whole experience that everyone's gone through with COVID is, is almost showing that way that, that, that ethical approach to business in general is, is hopefully the way forward. I think so. I know, yeah, I, I do hope so as well. And I think it's, it's definitely got a long way to go. I don't think people, it's still not the first thing people think about probably, but. Mm when something like this has happened and changed the world in such a kind of just, yeah, such a widespread way that we'll never really kind of fully be able to grasp, I don't think. I think when people look at it in a history book, you know, in 200 years time, it will be kind of encased in words, but having lived through it, it's very difficult to understand, you know, the the real implications of it because Mm. there's, like you say, there's, there's the implications for, people's health at the very kind of core of it, which is, you know, the thing that the virus destroys. 
But then there's also the implications for people's health from a mental health perspective and also the way that people integrate and talk with one another. And then, like you say, also the way that brands and companies integrate and talk. And I think, you know, don't want to make anything political, but I think people are, you know, they find it very hard to to relate or to understand what might be going through the people, the decision makers heads at the moment. And I think, you know, the messaging that comes out from them can be difficult and confusing. So do you think that people now look to their, the brands that they know and they love and they trust, they almost look to their messaging as a bit of a bedrock to, for ways to understand society in in a, in a more approachable way, because Mm. people can't relate as much to the people that are talking on television. and, And obviously their job is very difficult. I think, you know, them, having to change things so frequently without much warning is difficult. If brands and companies can stick with a consistent messaging, which um, helps define them and explain to the consumers what they're doing and what they're willing to do for them, I think that's, it's a powerful position to be in if you can harness that ethical approach for sure. No, I completely agree with that. Yeah, and I, I agree with you as well. If anything, this has shown, you know, regardless of, someone's political inclinations it's showing the power of people and that whereas of course governments are crucial in things like vaccine rollouts and the the bigger initiatives mm-hmm. the the things that people and i guess to a greater extent again those brands can achieve is, is huge um and whereas before they might not have perhaps appreciated that there's there's a sentiment now that actually yeah we we people can make a difference here um, and I think, you know, initiatives like yours are a great example of that. Thank you. <laughs> so um, you uh, used the term that I've used a few times over the last few months, uh, <laughs> silver linings of COVID. What other yeah. silver linings can you do? Do you think there have been? Um, again, I think, you know, I would place myself in the um, in the optimist camp as well. Um, just from my own kind of personal point of view, I've managed to, I moved away from London, which I love London, always will do, but it's, I've relocated back to the north of England, the Lake District, which is just, it's been an absolute breath of fresh air for me, um, kind of figuratively and literally. Um, and I think, you know, also lost my job, um, because of the pandemic and actually that's, it was such a refreshing thing to happen because mm. it gave me time and space to think about that and us and to develop a new idea and to really put a lot of energy that I would have otherwise been working on for a you know a company that would employ me in a traditional sense. I was able to use all of that energy and all of that kind of passion to to look at a new avenue. And I think I definitely wouldn't be alone in that. I think so many people all over the world, you know, I, I speak to so many friends that are based around the world, different locations and areas, and then friends that were in London and have moved out of London. And, you know, it, it's always great catching up with friends, but until you know, prior to March this year, you catch up with some friends that you maybe hadn't spoken to for a couple of months, and you'd kind of know what was the conversation was going to be, you know, you know their careers, you know their situation, location, all of this. Actually, now it's so interesting to speak to people because it changes so frequently and I think that's no bad thing. I think people become entrenched in what they're used to and what they've been doing for a long time. Whereas when the rule books kind of scrap slightly, it means that people can flourish in a creative way and and certainly in a a kind of a business sense. And like you say, I think whereas 
the onus potentially might have been more on making money before the pandemic, or it might have been on kind of things that had maybe a less ethical or kind of um, struggle for the word, but a kind of an approach that was a little more self-serving. I think people are, people kind of, a lot of the people I speak to anyway, are kind of understanding the fragility of everything. Mm. And so they're like, if I'm going to be devoting myself to something that actually can change like this and I can lose my job, maybe I should be devoting myself to something, you know, that's a bit more worthwhile or has a bit more of a sense that I'll be proud of the work that I'm doing. And, yeah. you know, I've known friends go turn from physiotherapy to vertical farming. Um, you know, all of these interesting things people are learning about kind of how we can make the world a bit more of a secure, safe place and, you know, benefit the environment. And I think everyone's just got a bit more of a creative outlook on perhaps, a, you know, a, a career that was running in the same direction and might be tending to go down that path for a long time. Everything's been mixed up, which I think is quite cool. I think some people, mm. some people maybe more pessimistic would look at that and think, it's terrible to lose a job and, and obviously we're very lucky. I think some people may have lost their jobs and not have had the opportunity to go and start new businesses or look at new kind of, um, you know, completely new careers because maybe they're not able to, to just jump into something new. But the ones that are able to do so, at least on my barometer, a lot of people are doing things that seem to be, yeah, a bit more ethical and a bit more kind of good for the world, really. Yeah. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And and I think that point you made that previously, it's almost like we all had a false sense of security about the businesses or organisations that we were a part of. And 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 that that illusion has been shattered now. And people have responded in positive ways, mostly, I think. Um, obviously, yeah, it's very hard for a lot of people. And um, but I think, you know, the, the more that organizations such as yourself are showing the way with with how you can react then i think that's putting that positive spin that silver lining of covid that we talk about um and and putting it more to the fore um so that's great yeah. absolutely yeah um what's so what's next for nights on us so it's, it's a very good question and it's um obviously at the moment as we speak um london's just gone into tier four um, things are changing pretty rapidly all around the UK and obviously you know the, the initiative is focused only on um, UK nurses and UK hotels so um, at the moment we're in a very very rewarding kind of fulfillment phase I'd say so the actual uh, from about March to September the the initiative was all about gaining hotels getting them onto the platform um, and then from September we launched and that was when nurses were able to kind of go onto the booking platform, book their stay. And then following that, it's all about redemption, which is the, you know, all the vouchers have now gone. The nurses that were able to book have booked. And then, so there've been nurses traveling with nights on us since September, um, which is great because we still get emails and, and Instagram messages and things of nurses sending us kind of selfies with their loved one that they've taken with them. That's nice. Saying a big thank you and just showing kind of what they've been up to. And I think that's been such a rewarding, such a rewarding part of it. I think it's really easy when you're, because it was slightly stressful trying to get as many hotels on board and trying to get as much press as possible and all of that kind of stuff. You do 
typically as everyone does with with, with day-to-day things they get far quite removed from the end goal sometimes mm. and seeing those messages come through and those images really do just bring us back to that first day when we all said let's start an initiative that, that says thank you to the NHS and kind of unites the UK hospitality businesses um, however at the moment that, that fulfillment phase is you know in jeopardy slightly um, hotels are obviously closing um, far more quickly than they're opening at the moment um, not permanently might I add just you know obviously while the restrictions are in place so there's lots of work on the hotel side from our own kind of hotel partners who are basically kind of looking to you know, rebook stays cancel stays things like this um, so that's all going on behind the scenes and while our amazing hotels are working on that we're kind of letting that be um, we're waiting for things to be a bit more clear in the new year to understand exactly what direction we can take it in. I think at the moment, especially from my point of view, from kind of the marketing angle, because that's the the side that I'm looking after, we've had to put a relatively kind of large pause on promoting ourselves because the more that we promote the initiative as something that can give these amazing stays and offer this kind of respite to any nurses, if we were to promote that now, we can't necessarily... um, guarantee when we're going to be able to do anything else in the future just because of this you know the tier restrictions etc so we've got some plans that are um less they're less widespread as our initial endeavor so obviously that was to offer as many rooms as possible um that seems kind of doesn't seem fair at the moment to be asking for free nights from hotels given the the struggles they're having and just hospitality in general so we are kind of yeah, thinking about ways that we can do it on a, on a slightly smaller scale, still offering those kind of glimmers of hope for, for NHS nurses and hopefully the NHS on a bit of a wider basis. Um, how that looks at the moment, we're not entirely sure. So it's going to be a bit of a, you know, let's let the hotels play catch up, let them kind of rebook our nurses in. Um, and hopefully all of the hotels that we've worked with will really thrive in 2021. Obviously, you know, like mm-hmm. I said at the start of the chat, news of the vaccine is amazing. Um it still feels quite far away from that to be kind of widespread and something that play all things to open up again. But hopefully once that does happen and we're seeing things become a bit more straightforward and maybe we can start planning for things, I think then we'll make our kind of next move as a as kind of a non-profit into yeah, the direction that we think is right at the time. So yeah. that was not a very good answer to uh, <laughs> summarise things quickly because basically we don't know at the moment because of, um, yeah, because of all of the difficulties with what's going on. So... Um, it's a little bit of wait and see, which is frustrating. But thankfully, you know, these these um, vouchers are valid for 12 months. So nurses will be able to travel up until September 2021. Great. And if nurses haven't, you know, been able to use their vouchers by then, you know, I'm sure that we can work, um, you know, with our hotels to kind of make special um yeah, kind of special occurrences just because we want to, we still want these people, you know, these nurses to have an amazing, relaxing time. Because mm. definitely isn't relaxing at the moment. You know, I'm sure things are, are extremely, extremely hectic. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, we kind of need to just take stock and then, yeah, look at new opportunities in the new year, I think. And if there's anyone who's listening and, and wants to help right now, what, what can they do? Um, you can visit us on www.nightsonus.co.uk. Um, if you're a hotel, then there's a part of the website. You can click on the hotel section. That will show all of the hotels that we're currently working with and have worked with 
uh, throughout 2020. And effectively, there's an inquiry form on there. So if there's anything that, any ideas that you have, anything that you're already doing yourselves and you think we could help, that would be amazing. We'd love to work in partnership in that way because, you know, a lot of hotels that we spoke to who weren't able to come on board to the platform, they weren't able to come on, on board because they were doing their own internal initiatives. And mm. for us, that was just amazing to hear as well. You know, our, our aim wasn't to have, okay, we must have every hotel on our platform because mm. our platform is in some way superior. All we wanted was for the, for the hospitality industry to just to send out this thank you, whether it was by offering rooms for the local community, just your community, or it was jumping on board at nights and us. Um, and there were some other initiatives as well that were running with kind of hospitality offers and things for the NHS. So um, anyone that's been helping out so far is doing an amazing job. Anybody that wants to help out, we are full of ideas. Like I say, we're full of ideas that are on the chalkboard at the moment because they're not able to be um, kind of put into action. But we'd love to have conversations with people, basically. We'd love to chat to you about any kind of insight that you have from a hotel or as a hotel. Um, and, yeah, we just, we, we're just we always open to chatting to, to just about anyone. And the, and the same goes for, you know, for wider brand partners, even if it's not, you know, traditional hotel, mm. any press partners as well. Um, you know, we're, we're always open to chat. So, yeah, find us on the website. Brilliant. <laughs> All right. Well, it is an incredible story and we uh, look forward to hearing what comes next for Nights on Us. Thank you. You'll be first to know, or one of the first to know. <laughs> we can have another chat. Brilliant. All right. Thanks a lot, Greg. We'll speak Great. to you again Thanks soon, I'm sure. Thanks Chris. Really good to chat to you. Pleasure. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Ethical Growth Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Growth Animals. Leave us a review and subscribe to make sure you never miss an episode. Head over to growthanimals.com if you're ready to kickstart your ethical business growth.